This week on The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. What we're trying to do is not about winning. It's about losing this burden of having to make it, to be rich, to be comfortable, to be seen, to be famous, to be followed, to be friended, to be known. I'm Neil Harvey. This week it's Regeneration, Wisdom of the Wild, Generosity of the Heart, with writer Paul Hawken on The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. Support for The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, is provided in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms and Mary's Gone Crackers. We live in a time of revolutionary transformation to becoming an ecologically literate and socially just civilization. We're learning the hard way that when you fight nature, you lose, that what we do to each other, we do to the earth. The existential gauntlet is to make the shift fast enough to outrun global cataclysm. As Paul Hawken has observed, historically, few civilizations have reversed their tracks with respect to the environment, but rather have declined and disappeared because they forfeited their own habitat. For the first time in history, a civilization, its people, companies, and governments, is trying to arrest the downspin and understand how to live on Earth a watershed in human existence. Writer and social entrepreneur Paul Hawkins says, in order to win a sustainable future, we have to be willing to lose the delusion that we're here on Earth solely for personal gain, for ourselves alone. Through his work and life, Hawkins shows us how to shape our vision and our choices with spirit, heart, and wisdom. Join us for the next half hour as we explore Regeneration, Wisdom of the Wild, generosity of the heart with Paul Hawken. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. It would be impossible to estimate Paul Hawken's influence because he's influenced so many influencers because he's bridged so many divides, because his vision has been so prescient. Paul Hawken is best known for his groundbreaking books, The Ecology of Commerce, Natural Capitalism, and Blessed Unrest. He's also a social entrepreneur who launched some of the first environmentally focused companies. His journey has been a very personal one. From a very early age, he suffered from a life-threatening health condition that led him to his life's purpose. Paul Hawken spoke at a Bioneers conference. At five months old, I was rushed to the hospital, um, purple and blue, the same color that people have when they suffocate. And I had the earliest recorded case of asthma in the history of San Mateo County. And this kept repeating itself when I was seven months, eight months, nine months. And I actually have memories of this. But the memory that is most burnished in my mind was when I was 14 months old, I had the worst case and I was rushed to the hospital, and the hospital said that basically I was dead, and that they put me in an oxygen tent. And there I stayed for six weeks, strapped down with IVs, and they asked my mother and father to not come to the hospital, because when they did, I started to wriggle around, and I got upset. And for all of you who know me who think I'm sort of socially inept, Now you know why. 
Paul Hawken was stricken with asthma throughout his childhood. On the advice of doctors, he took prescription medicines, but to no avail. Asthma continued throughout my life until I was 20 years old, and when I was 20, I read a book, and what it said was that if you're sick, it's your responsibility, no one else's. And I found that deeply offensive uh, and true. And, <laughs> and so I went on a very, very rare diet, real, not rare, but some of it is you know, constricted, which is rice and tea. And I did that for 10 days. And for the first time in my life, I wasn't taking medicine. And so I started to experiment. And I started to add things, of course, back into my diet. And I made myself a laboratory for a year. And what I discovered living here in the Bay Area was at that time, to eat natural foods, you had to go to Chinatown, to Japantown. You had to go to the Mission. You had to go to Lebanese stores. You had to go to Oakland, to the grain mill. You had to go. You spent the whole day Saturday doing your shopping, essentially. And having grown up part of my life on a farm, I thought there would be a place in society for a store that just sold natural food. And really, there was no natural food stores at that time. Hawkins' healing experiment led him to start his first company, the first natural food manufacturer and distributor in the United States. One day, a customer asked him how he could be sure of the organic labeling claims. That got him thinking. He really didn't know. When he wrote to companies asking for verification that their products were indeed organic or cold-pressed, he learned that many things he was selling were not as advertised. And it pissed me off in a way that I decided to replace and replicate everything that I was selling and then some from legitimate, honest farmers in this country who grew food organically or biodynamically. And that's what I set out to do. By 1970, Paul Hawken was at the forefront of the organic food movement, contracting with 57 farmers in 35 states to supply his companies. As a contractor to growers around the country, I went all around and flew to farms, learned a lot about farming from them. And one of the farms that made a big impression on me was in Jefferson, or Jefferson, as they say, in Louisiana. And uh, they grew long grain organic rice for us. And when I was down there and I walked the fields and I talked to the farmers, and you could see in different fields planes going over with carbamates, organochlorines, organophosphates. And, you know, I mean, it, it was, you realize when you stand out there that it is poison. It is poison out there. And to carve out an organic farm is not as easy as it sounds if you're next to other farmers. And what I saw in my my farmer that took me said, I want to show you something. And what he showed me was dead pelicans. And those pelicans died because they ate fish and they ate the, that were eat, feeding on the rice seeds that were covered with methylmercury for fungicide, right? And it's when I realized that we have invented in an economic system then and now that doesn't just kill life. It depends on killing life. That is our economic system. Hawkins set out to wake up business owners and consumers to the interdependence of all living things. He came to realize that his personal health crisis paralleled the health crisis of the entire ecosystem. In fact, the two were inseparable. And until that time, I saw wildlands, and I saw wilderness as wilderness, and this is wild. 
and as parks and buffer zones and so forth, you know, and then there was the human-made world and agriculture. But the pelican at my feet, which world did he belong to? The human world, the wild world? And it was then that that, that sort of division sort of just swept away. It was gone. I never saw that anymore. I realized there was only one world, and it is a wild world. And just as I realized when I was 20, as I went through and tried to figure out what the heck I had been eating, that I had become a crash dummy for the chemical industry, I realized that the whole country is a crash dummy for what we call industrial progress, right? And from being outside, and I stayed so much outside, I learned this, and that is that no matter what we do to nature, it doesn't matter whether we it's a creature, a plant, a forest, a wetland. It doesn't matter whether we drill it or scrape it or cover it or fill it or poison it, burn it. No matter what we do within a nanosecond, when we cease doing that, regeneration starts. Nature starts to regenerate. Nothing will stop that. It is true universally. And we are nature. We are nature. For over 40 years now, Paul Hawkins' insights and achievements have illuminated the path for many millions of people. He's helped catalyze an unprecedented global movement of movements he calls blessed unrest. In this time of revolutionary transformation, the challenge is to reimagine a civilization in the age of nature that honors the web of life, each other, and future generations. It's grounded not in dominating nature, but in respecting nature's limits and cycles of regeneration. As a boy, Paul Hawkins' salvation emerged when he immersed himself in nature. It carried him through a time of intense personal chaos. I was so fortunate in my early childhood because um, it was miserable. <laughs> my parents evaporated when I was nine. I left home when I was 12. I was picked up again. Family took me in until I was 14. I didn't like that so much, and I left at 14. And I was on my own ever since, on the streets at first, and then working and trying to go to school and you know trying to figure out how to get into college and all that sort of stuff on my own. But because my life had been frankly miserable, I was so blessed, and I was blessed because I found my allies in the weeds and in sloughs and in swamps and in ditches and in creeks and so forth. That's where I found my friends and allies. And I was going around with, you know, perforated bottles, you know, of polywogs watching to see them grow up, you know. I had snakes in my pocket. My uncle was a herpetologist, so he taught me how to handle them, you know. I put horned toads also in my pocket just to scare people, but, you know. <laughs> But I was sure that they were dinosaurs. But the turning point in my life was when I was, I think, eight or nine years old. And I was at, uh, at my grandfather's farm. And there was this northern mockingbird that would just sing its heart out every night, just blaring away. And I was in bed, and I was always, I would sit up, and I was struggling to breathe and not wake up my siblings, you know. And for me, to hear something so beautiful as that in the middle of the night when I couldn't breathe and I couldn't sleep was like a visitation, you know. My grandfather would curse it in the morning for keeping him up, and I would pray to it all night for keeping me up. <laughs> 
And it must have had, I don't know, 30 different sounds, uh, 100 different songs. Extraordinary. It mimicked a, a woodpecker. It did crickets. It did cat. It did the cat. It did a crow. It did jays and red wings and orchard orioles and goldfinches. It would imitate whistling humans. And just to tweak my grandfather, it imitated the unoiled old weather vane on the roof. That kept... <laughs> and it did this all along while it was dancing and hopping and jumping up and down, you know, bobbing its head and jiving up. And, and just like, I am having the best time in the world, you know? I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you guys. And I'm eating two two times my weight every day in ants and wasps and grasshoppers just so I can sing and I don't care if anybody's listening. Right? I thought, there's my totem. That was what I, I knew that there was something else than this institutionalized, you know, alcohol smelling, antiseptic hospital world, you know, of sickness, you know, and that there was something out there that was so sweet and so wonderful. When we return, more with Paul Hawken. This is Regeneration, Wisdom of the Wild, Generosity of the Heart. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. If you love Bioneers Radio, it's free and easy to support us Just take a moment to post a review on our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find our show online. You'll be helping other people find and enjoy these incredible thinkers and storytellers. And thank you for helping us out. Paul Hawkins' nature-inspired approach is spreading rapidly today in highly practical applications, such as the design science of biomimicry, innovation inspired by nature. From the banking industry to urban planning and green building, nature is being seen as a mentor, model, and teacher, rather than a physical resource. Paul Hawken has helped lead this awakening, this revolution from the heart of nature. We see wild, you know, like, whoa, it's crazy or something like that, but wild is not crazy, you know? We think of it as uncontrolled. Wild is not uncontrolled, you know? Wild means original, it means innate, it means authentic, it means instinctive, it means deep-rooted, it means sanguine, it means fearless, right? And the overwhelming array of industrial forces, you know, they're lined up against the living world, the pipelines, the mines, the pesticides, the pharmaceuticals, you know, the emissions, the trawlers, the foxcons, the banks, you know, all these things, they favor uniformity and sameness and oppression and repetition and hierarchy and force, you know. This is violence. This is death. This is not wild. You know, wild is exquisite. Wild is about benefiting all beings. That's what wild does. Wild benefits all living things. And Janine Benyus's famous words, life creates the conditions that are conducive to life, right? Wild is not crazy. Wild is, is, a, is an awakening, you know. Crazy is double-glazing the planet with the Carboniferous era. That's crazy, killing the oceans with carbonic acid. Crazy is sterilizing our soils and then genetically manipulating our seeds to fix our stupidity, right? Crazy is drone attacks on women and children in Afghanistan and Pakistan, you know? 
that's not wild, that's psychotic. And a psychosis, a psychosis which is a severe mental disorder, is when our thoughts or feelings are so impaired that we have no sense of the external world, right? Wild is this exquisite sensibility about the external world. Hawkins says wild is why millions of environmental and social justice organizations around the planet are rising in the blessed unrest of resistance and restoration movements. What I saw here was really what I call the sixth kingdom of life. And I learned this, and I learned that the world is full of crazy wild fools like us. Holy wild ones, brilliant local scientists, healers and truth tellers who see the madness and who want to renew the truth with the living world. The critical issues are being addressed by this people's army uh, everywhere in the world. And our truest nature, as I said, is to live for the benefit of others. People everywhere in the world want to abolish corporate primacy, and they know that war should never be a business, that hunger is human wrong, and that food and water are human rights, and that dignity, respect, and the honoring of women is a right, and that there should be no street children or uneducated children, and that the loudest voices say the least, and that we can no longer define progress as fixing the problems caused by previous progress. And this world recognizes, remembers Walt Whitman's 150-year-old advice, which is to love the earth and the sun and the animals and despise riches and give alms and stand up for the stupid and the crazy and devote income to others and repel tyrants and argue not concerning God and have patience towards all people so that we make our flesh a poem, right? So that we make our flesh a poem. The Sixth Kingdom of Life. Holy Wild Ones, making our flesh a poem for the benefit of others. Marrying this our truest nature with nature in the oneness of all life. Reweaving the web of life in endless cycles of continuous creation and regeneration. In healing the earth, we heal ourselves. And so we are trying to stitch together the shattered fragments of this exquisite mantle of life that clings to earth, you know, this fragile layer that comes with wings, you know, and legs and pads and scooty skins and scaly fins and shiny brown and blue and green and opposable thumbs, you know. This is what we're trying to put back together. And some see this as, oh, this is sort of, you, you, you guys are on the margins, you know. It's like you're insignificant, you're off base, you know. You're not part of the real markets, the real world, and the real wars, and the real money. But, but that real world is a total collective illusion, you know. It's the era of monumental ignorance. Because what we're doing, and what they're trying to do is win. What we're trying to do is not about winning, it's about losing. And it's about losing this burden of having to make it to be rich, to be comfortable, to be seen, to be famous, to be followed, to be friended, to be known. We don't need all that because it's an upside down world and the winners are the losers. And what we lose is the delusion and suffering that we are here on earth for ourselves, you know. That is such a delusion. Takers suffer, 
<laughs> Always. Is, in fact, our truest nature to live for the benefit of others? Paul Hawken quotes American poet Wallace Stevens. Stevens wrote, After the final no, there comes a yes, and upon that yes, the future of the world depends. And this yes is to breath and kindness, you know, uh, being conducive to life, you know, which is what we're talking about, is what every religion has tried to teach us. In the 99 attributes of Allah, you know, there is al-mukid, the guardian, the maintainer, the sustainer. In the paramitas of Buddhism, they contain the six principles of sustaining a generous living being. And the Sermon on the Mount, read it again. Blessed are the gentle, the merciful, the peacemakers, right? The salt of the earth, the light of the world, right? These are spiritual principles, but they are also ecological principles and they are pure biology, right? There is no difference between those at all. Kenny and Nina got it right from the very, very beginning of Bioneers. It is all connected. It is all alive. And you heal a system, any system, whether it's economic or ecological, by connecting more of it to itself. It's how you heal our body, right? And that's what you're doing, connecting more of it to itself, you know. And we choose to create a restored and vibrant and just world because we are willing to walk alongside our heartbreak and our fear. And we will do it from the beginning to the end, and we know, we know that we'll be set back again and again and again by the industrial economic system that we have all partaken of and created. And we know also that this world that we love so dearly is not really for us. It is not for us. Life is not for us. Life is for life. Right? And when we have that awakening, and I know you've had it sometime in your life, if not many times, that awakening, not a thought that, oh, I'm a part of nature. No, no, no. The, that, that experience of being life, of being absolutely connected to everything and all beings, past, present, and future, so forth, you know, then you don't want a life is about you. You don't want it. And you understand the core of compassion and understanding. And that is enlightenment. That is awakening. That's all there is to it. That is everything, right? We do this for those who will pay the price, you know, if we fail. And we do it for those who will carry this incalculable hardship if we waver. And for those who are watching and wondering, you know, if we will choose to have more stuff or more life, more military bases, or more schools, or more dignified living wages, or more poverty. You know, and we have to ask, will every child be fed, clothed, and housed, or are we going to build more gated communities for the beneficiaries of a rigged economic system? You know? And we do this not because it's lucrative or because it furthers our prospects. 
We do this because it mobilizes and enlivens our spirit and intelligence. You know, these are not goals that we can achieve in our lifetime. These are goals that create a lifetime. And this is who you are. And all I'm doing this morning is holding up a mirror to your magnificence. Please, never forget it. Thank you. Paul Hawken. Regeneration. Wisdom of the wild. Generosity of the heart. You can explore more Bioneers radio shows and video programming online at media.bioneers.org. For information on attending the National Bioneers Conference and Bioneers events in your area, please visit Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive Producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Catherine Stifter and Kenny Ausubel. Senior Producer, Neil Harvey. Managing Producer, Stephanie Welch. Production Management and Station Relations, Kate Hunter. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond, and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Rykodisc label. Additional music was made available by Colin Farish at www.colinfarish.com. For more music information, please visit media.bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 0113. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms, organic and family-owned since 1988. Visit organicvalley.coop. Mary's Gone Crackers, healing the planet through conscious eating, gluten-free and vegan products since 1999. Learn more at marysgonecrackers.com. John Masters Organics, feel good about looking good visit johnmasters.com. Funding also provided by a grant from the Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues, and by the generous support of listeners like you.